This is the Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! You all right, how are we doing? I uh, just want to take two minutes of your time before we start this week's podcast uh, to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is a tool that we're using to help the podcast grow, um, give you better content and, well, as I said, just let the podcast grow. So we've got three tiers. The first tier, there's only 20 of these spaces available and it's £1 for life and that's for It's Time to Refresh Originals. So if you've tuned in from day one uh, and you want to join the cause, you can sign up for £1. Um, just follow the link in the description. Uh, we've got the standard Patreon, which you get access to bonus episodes, uh, some exclusive content, Patreon specials, which we'll be recording, and uh, early access to all future episodes. So you'll be getting them on a Tuesday instead of a Friday, uh, which I think is fucking amazing for three quid. That's less than a coffee. And then we've got our legend status VIP Patreons, which is uh, £10. And that gets you tickets to all my gigs um, and it will get you free entry to any It's Time to Refresh associated um, events, gigs in the future. Um, So that's a little hint of what's coming up in the future. Um, If you do like the podcast, then please share it with your mates. We are trying to grow this little thing we've got going. We've got some amazing guests coming up in the future as well. um, And we want this to go bigger and better. So sign up at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh thank you enjoy the episode all right back once again for episode 23 of the podcast uh, on this one we've got gary k from carlisle um dj and promoter been around well a long time i think at the earliest i've i've known you of is about 2007 but i mean you were on before that so this is gary how you doing mate i'm all right pal good to see you um gary was meant to come on about three months ago, but um, just with timing issues and everything like that, we haven't been able to sort of meet up. Uh, wanted Gary on the podcast for a while just because he's, I would say, you're one of the more prolific figures within the Carlisle dance scene, really, aren't you? You seem to be. If, yeah, if you want to say that. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but it's. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sort of bigging you about like that, but what I mean is, like, if there's anything comes to town, like any outside promotions or all like that, you're always sort of first on the list. Aren't yeah, you? I do get connected a lot that way. Yeah, yeah, mm. and you're obviously running your own events and stuff like that. Yeah, it helps. I. So we'll start from. Well, I was going to say I start from the beginning, but obviously I asked you off pod. You've been running the Italian job. Yeah. Which in the was the last one in the black box. Yep. And were they in different venues before that? If it, yeah, we started in the Brickyard. Um, we were, we were meant to start. I think it was like March, April. 2020 yeah but obviously the pandemic lockdown and that came along so that got put on hold t- twice then we started august last year in the brickyard it was amazing we had it was a lockout in the night obviously because everyone was ready to go for the party and stuff yeah and then we had another one 
And um, unfortunately, there was a little bit of bother. And um, he didn't want us back, so we had to move venues, which was a bit gutting because the Brickyard to me is the best venue to be in Carlisle, yeah. probably Cumbria. Right, now yeah, Fusion's not gone. Now Fusion's gone out. Right, the best yeah. anime, definitely. There's a lot of different style events and that on there as well, isn't there? Yeah, they're not really, they don't really accept dance events, to be fair, but um, I was quite lucky to get in there. Uh, so, sort of took a chance on your, your mm, event. I just, before we get into the beginning of your story and stuff like that, I just want to ask, obviously I've seen the Italian job come up. What, what What's the ethos or anything behind the Italian job? Why did you start that up? Because we actually done, I'd done an Italian special just as a one-off at the Brickyard. That was... November 2019, that was a really good success as well. I just, I got the love back for the Italian, so I put it, I put it on, just called it Italian Dance Special. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, there's people asking, are you going to do more? Are you going to do more stuff? So I just came up with the name Italian Job and I just went for it. And it's right. been decent so far. I've had a few misses, but some more good point, more good events than misses, yeah. But so, it's such a small scene, Italian dance, like, yeah. it's a very small scene and I've got, I get excited, I love putting events and I was putting them on a bit too, maybe often I should just keep them to the bare minimum of two, three year. Yeah, I, I, I fell for the same mistake, thinking that, I think it, you just learn this through promoting as like, as you go on, no one tells you this. But yeah, definitely. Like, I, we, we had a couple of successful events and I was like, we've really got the ball rolling here. And then you go into it and it's like, right, well, I should put on more. And then you, and then obviously it dilutes the, yeah, the excitement and stuff. And I knew that I knew that would happen as well, but I just, yeah. I love it that much. So. <laughs> you just <laughs> get excited about it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, proper. Um, what I was going to ask is, what's the, I know obviously Italian, but is there, a, is there a set theme on the music policy or anything like that? Well, it's meant to be 100% Italian dance, but, well, an Italian house, piano house as well. But, I mean, some of the DJs have dropped some like zone classics, which... It kind of fits in Italian, like, I mean, General Bass, I See You, that's my, one of my favourite tunes, but mm. it's not even Italian, it's German. Mm. But there's like, yeah, it's just the synth stuff, the Italian, but like, you get yeah. some like old school stuff, old school dance it. I mean, I'd rather not, because I want it to be Italian, but yeah, it is what it is, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering, that's all. I have mm. been meaning to come through to one just to see, because like, I grew up on Italian and some of the lineups you've been putting on, it's very much what I sort of grew up on, yeah. as you say, like when you, mm. you've had John on before, um, you had, who, who, I can't remember who the, the, the second event was, and I was like... Matt Fia, maybe? Matt Fia, yeah. Yeah, from um, Cumbria. Um. I saw, like, I'm, I'm a big a, a big fan of him. So it's like, it's sort of very appealing to me as a sort of hunter, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right, so what we're going to say is, I'm going to go right right back to the beginning. Um, earliest I heard of, uh, of you was 2007, um, uh, that's when you sort of come onto the radar for me. Yeah. And that was um, a Dance Factory CD mm. with um, Finchie and Fergie. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, Fergie, aye. Um, and that was the first time I'd heard of Gary Keir. So, yeah. like, that was that was that like a big moment for you? Because I think I can remember everyone having that CD pack. Mm. So, like, did that did that establish you at all? Uh, I think I think the Dance Factory ones did help. Yeah. I think I think them packs definitely did help. More so in like the West as well, like yeah, yeah. probably I <coughs> going um, up to fusion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's my earliest recollection. But with you, do you mind if you just go right back to the beginning? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it all started when, well, 12, 11, 12, 13 year old. I was listening to tapes, zone tapes. I got my hand on them somehow. I don't know. Um, and obviously just like I started getting into like bonkers, the hardcore CDs and right. stuff, and listening to Radio 1, Dave Pierce, Judge Jules, things like that. 
And then I got me got some decks. I think it was Red Dwarfs, Bell Drives. Mm. They were awful. And there was an, I went into Ping Panther Records and there was, an ad, there was an ad in there. DJs Wanted. But I can't remember if it was mentioned if it was 418 to what. It must have been because I was only like 14, 15. I think it was 15. Yeah. And it was got the demo made, handed it in. Got a call, or oh, can you come for a mix at my house? It was Chris Fletcher, Chris Dynamite, who runs the Vibe under 18s. Yeah. And I went to his house for a mix, but with me having these belt drive cams, I, he put us on his 1200s, and it was like totally a weird. different feel, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. Like, I just, I was like getting all embarrassed and angry, and, but he wasn't in the room, and I was thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? Mm. But, um, he, I don't know, he must have liked what I heard or whatever, I don't know, because he said, right, I want to book you for the 518s at Freedom Nightclub, which used to be Pagoda in right. the 90s. That's like a bucket list of venues. Yeah, it was. Like, it was, yeah. and I'd, To be honest, I'd done this, the first set, I was 15-year-old, not blowing me on trumpet, but I don't, I don't really good like, and listen back, it was good. And then I heard him, he was on the mic, and he was shouting, uh, big shout, Gary, no, something like Gary Kerr, the first, this is the first of many, and I was like, yes, I was going to have his back. Yeah. He said that on the mic while I was deep, while I was mixing, well, DJing. So yeah, it all started from there, really. Uh, what was the, the demo you gave him? What style was it? It'll have been more like trance, trance dance stuff. Right. I I'd, I'd love to have that demo now. I'd love to. It'll have been stuff like, because on the set I played like Bartes on the move and... Um, tune. Yeah, Mint Tune. Um, so what year was this then? Rank One Railways. Uh, that was 2001. Right, yeah. yeah so I sort think of I got my like... decks in 2000. I think it was I got the Christ, um, my decks on Christmas. Hmm. 99, 2000. That, I think that's when I got my decks. Right. And within the year I was doing under 18s. So yeah, the, the the sort of the tunes you'd be playing sounds about right for the, yeah. the time and place, but mm. big tunes though. Like, yeah, I mean, I could totally miss that era to be fair. Yeah, oh, amazing man. But um, <clears throat> like as I say, like to be coming through at that that time, it, it's great. Like yeah. So after that event, like what was it? What was it like for you? You mates and that around you? Like were were they? big on the music or were yeah yeah they were all there because we, we went to like the ones before that called IB for Mania that was mm. probably that was a huge influence on me I want to be a DJ like I was into dancing and all sorts and like we all went to those events can you remember who was on like who you seen and you thought I like what they're doing so DJ Sai right they was in the sand centre with the big old stage all the dancers and stuff mm. 1200 under 18s it was amazing I've never seen anything like that in my life even since like Never ever seen anything, the cues for it. Mm. But yeah, there was one of them. It wasn't the first one I went to. I think it was the second or third. And they had a big projector at the back of this thing. And Cy was there and I was just like that, like, <laughs> it was just scratching away and that. And I was like, oh, I want that. What was but it playing? Hard, Dexter, hardcore, like? Yeah, yeah, I was hardcore. Right, interesting. Mm. So is that, that I, I thought you got into it about 2004-ish. That's why uh, I was no, asking. Uh, so, well, basically uh, I did because I turned 18 in 2004. <laughs> Right. So legitimately, I did, but I was doing under 18s. Yeah. But because I, I looked so young, so imagine me at 15, I'd have looked about 11. <laughs> so I couldn't get in these clubs to do the yeah. over 18s then. And I was totally gutted because I could have done them, but I had to wait till I was 18. Right. But I got to, I'd done a lot of good over under 18s gigs, like level two, which I think is now, is level two. It Bart's, isn't it? Or was Bart's. Yeah, or it? Electric uh, Soup, is it maybe? Electric Soup, yeah. Uh, I'd done some vibes there and... Yeah. At the brickyard, and then there was places like the White House Nighting in Carlisle, and obviously Freedom, and then it right. then it started the excess and the fusion things once I got to eighteen. So you you I would say you were quite rounded as a, as a, as like a performer, like going to different because a lot of them 
venues are quite iconic if you look at the yeah. Cumbrian venues as what 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 they are like mm. as you say so you had good exposure almost straight off the bat was that yeah. down to vibe was it was yeah, that the, the main one booking you at the time mm. right so then when you got to 18 what what happened then um do we, it, he had the nights chris had the nights called destiny which was at excess right and then i somehow got onto dobby doing the dance factory ones right but there was a bit of a it was a bit of a ball here because like I don't know if there was a dispute between Chris and Lee, but they both kind of wanted us like exclusive to their events. Right. Not because I was good or anything, just because I just there may be a bit between each other. I don't know. It's I don't still know. Now, though, I know. It? Like you yeah, see it now, it's, it's perfect. Like, it's all politics in it, but yeah. yeah, you can't play for one gig if you're playing for one. Uh, which if if they're within a week of each other or if they're in the same town, then it's fair enough. Yeah. But like. As you say, it's, it is just politics behind the scenes. Ah, oh, definitely. Um, we have got onto sort of stuff like that in the past um, with past guests, and as sad as it is, it's just the harsh reality of it. It's like, but as a as a promoter yourself, you could probably see that if you booked, say, your headliner and yeah. they're on in another venue a couple of weeks before, it sort of oh. dilutes your idea, then doesn't it? Yeah, it's annoying. So there's both it? sides of the coin. So yeah, so. What did you do then? Did you stay at the, the doing the, the Destiny events or what? I was kind of doing both, but I mean, I owe Chris a lot because he gave me my first choice, but the, in first chance, sorry, but the the dance faction I just totally blew up, didn't I? And I kind of like wanted a piece of that, like, but mm. I didn't want to. I did not want to stay exclusive to anyone. I just wanted to do both. But Destiny was doing nights in Workington, right, and Carlisle. But Dance Factory was from Workington, but Dance Factory doing events from Workington and Carlisle. Right. So it was so like awkward and stuff, but yeah, I was doing things like that. In fact, to be honest, it wasn't Dance Factory at the time. It was Buzz. Buzz, right. Yeah, because yeah, he started, Buzz. I think he started Dance Factory maybe about 2006 or 2005. Right. I mean, Earliest so I can remember was 2006, because yeah. I remember in 2004 they did, they did a couple of buzz events and they did um, mm. a buzz versus sanctuary as well didn't they yeah because yeah. i went to, we I, I sorted a bus and we all went through to a buzz versus sanctuary and i handed a tape into farrell yeah. the sanctuary can you remember your first like buzz or dance factory what it was or anything um like that? my first buzz one was a buzz versus sanctuary and they got my name spelt wrong on the flyer put gark care instead of care and it annoyed oh. us it annoyed us yeah yeah it was, um, i think i was on first or second Took like a 60 seat coach through, like totally mm. buzzing. And I was um, struggling at the time because they never had any monitors on. And I've never learnt myself to headphones mixed. I was always yeah. on monitors. Someone came in and knocked the monitors. I was like, whoa. Because <laughs> technical wise, I don't have a clue. I just know how to mix and DJ. But yeah, yeah, I remember it. It was, it was amazing because obviously fusion and all, what a club that was like. So was this the first time? So you, when the first time you went to fusion, was that when you added the demo in? When I, oh, I, to be honest, I can't even remember. I don't. Yeah, I handed no. Yeah, I handed the demo into Farrell for that night when I DJed there. Yeah. But I don't exactly remember how I got onto Dobby. Right. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. So at this point, when you when you when you go into the the buzz event and stuff, what style of music are you playing? Have, have you moved on to the more? Um, I was still playing Italian stuff, but I was playing like uh, a lot of BCD stuff and bounce, right. Alex Kidd, or you like. But mainly like old sanctuary cricket stuff. Right. So it was all obviously because it was two thousand four at the time. Yeah. So it was like hard house. A bit of everything, France. isn't it? Yeah, the For way me, I've that, always been. That's the perf that was the perfect era. I still listen mm. to tapes and um, old CDs and recordings from back then mm. with admiration because because I like listening to like um 
there's a lot of legendary CDs out there that everyone holds in high regard. But there's um, Top Gun CD where yeah. the one minute they're playing like Exeia Kiss Me uh, and it goes into it like brain bashes and uh, I'm just like, that, that, I, I couldn't do that. You can do that now. My, you that's my style, but that's probably... You I wouldn't, wouldn't say I copied them, but yeah, yeah. that's you my can tell, style. You can tell listening to your, your mixes though, because I, I have listened to a couple of them. I listened to one on the way through. It was a Sanctuary Anthems volume that you did. And yeah. you can tell where your influences have came from. Mm. Even you can tell with the Radio 1 stuff, with like when you're playing the four strings, Take uh, Me Away, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So you can you can hear um, like pockets of different things, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's from listening to Desire John G <laughs> and the boys. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, what was popular in your area at the time, sort of that, that time? Like, 2004, you mean? Yeah, like... Um, Sanctuary. With yeah. them CDs and tapes floating around, is that what it yeah. was? Um, Zone as well, but um, Sanctuary, yeah. Uh, I can, mm. I can, I can remember the the buzz of everyone getting like uh, cricket CDs and mm-hmm. um, Sanctuary tapes and stuff like that. So, and I always remember the one that floated around the Alex K one from oh, that was a bit later, about two thousand six. That floated around around our end for ages. Yeah. It was like, uh, well, it's an iconic one, isn't it? Mm. So from from 2004 you, you're playing at fusion and that i uh do you think to yourself actually like the ball's rolling with my, my dj and stuff do you, do you feel like it's picking up momentum at this point uh kind of yeah mm. were, you, were you taking it seriously or was it just um, uh, just more for fun or yeah definitely I, I i don't think i've ever really took it seriously to be honest because i've always been behind times never had any money like yeah. I, t- I was always um struggling to get the new the latest gear and stuff. I didn't really get a final to get into CDJs until like, I think it might be 2009 or something. Right. I think it was 2009. <coughs> right. So from from doing the Dance Factories, uh, the um, Chris Fletcher events, the Destinies and the mm. Vibes and stuff like that, where where does the house journey come in for you? Like, because I know you've you, you done some Yeah. Um, like, where did it progress okay. from? I probably always listened to it a bit on t- um, Radio One, but mm. it, well, I wasn't really massively into it because I was just I was just crazy for Sanctuary and Zone, but mainly Sanctuary. Mm. I think it will have been we we got um, there was a man who owned a bar on Botchergate and he ran buses to retro tall trees, right? And there was a lot of like older like mates who were like a few years older. They all went there, and I went to tall trees in two. I don't know if it was two thousand six, two thousand five. Might have been even 2004, to be honest with you, but yeah, I went to Retro Tall Trees and I was like, I was blown away. I've never seen anything like that in my life. But what was the the vibe if you had to compare it to, to going to a bounce night or Italian night to going to like a house night? Did, you, did bit, you feel a difference? Yeah, it was a bit more, I don't know how to explain it, to be honest with you, like maybe a bit more grown up, like that sounds a bit weird, but I don't know, I was a bit... I know, I know. Not as rowdy, obviously yeah. not as rowdy and stuff, because... Like you get the bounce nights, everyone's just bouncing about. But I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's still off their head and stuff, and you know they're all wrecked. But I don't know. It was a bit more because it was a total different level. Like retro tall trees, you got seven thousand people there. Yeah, they're like the bounce nights. Some were only getting like hundreds, maybe a thousand. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was. And then I got uh, it was definitely the tall trees things that got me into the houses stuff. But it, but it was all it's all house classics though. Yeah. But yeah. 
So, like, sort of 2005, 2006, moving forward now, what, what's what's going on in the world of, like, Gary Kerr? Like, are you still firing demos to people? Mm. Or are you just happy with where you're going? Or what? Constantly making CDs and tapes. I think I might have been, I mean, probably still making tapes. You know, that's what I mean. I was always behind. But, yeah, mixing day in, day out. Just, like, not even getting jobs and stuff because I just wanted to chase a dream. And, this, mm. and I was just, like just constantly on the decks all the time but i didn't even have internet back then either like because like we like the family i was in i had no money but um yeah just constantly making cds making tapes giving them out to people but people were often to buy them so i was kind of like selling yeah. them but i felt bad in a way selling them but people and some people insisted and stuff but yeah and then 2006 was probably i think the last year before I started doing my own events. I'm sure I put my own event on in 2007. Right, right. So what brought that on? Was there a thought process behind it all? Retro Tall Trees again, me and a friend. We went and we like, should we do our own event? And then we put on a House Classics event called Formula. It was upstairs right. in Walkport in 2007, which right. was really good. And it just kind of stemmed from there. But like right. my, my mind changes a lot. Like I just can't stick to one genre. Like it's just... One week I could be in hardcore, next week I could be into classic hard, hard house. Yeah, I know the feeling, man. I just can't, it changes all the time. But yeah. Uh, I remember I was having a, a conversation a while back online, and it was, um, I think you, you messaged me for some bounce bits because you were starting Ooh. to get add the, add the buzz back for mm -hmm. it. And um, and we were talking about it, and you, we were talking about produ producing and that, and it's something you've never sort of got into. Yeah. I know you were saying like, there's time restrictions and that. Yeah. But did you never feel the need to at this point in your career, sort of that mid 2000s? Were you not um, interested at all? Or? I, just, I didn't think you needed to. Like, I wasn't, yeah. I had no knowledge. I just, like, there was just nothing there. Like, there is some people who are DJs. Yeah. And, and that's it. Or some people are just producers. Because I just kind of wanted to DJ all the time. And, like, I think within that scene as well, like Italian, obviously, that wasn't getting made and stuff. Mm. And I was just, I, I was kind of couldn't stem into the new music. It was always classics. Mm. I think if I was like say into house or trance and on, keeping up with all the latest things might have twisted your arm a bit I, 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 I just I, yeah there's some, I don't know what it is but I wish I had done I mean there's still time to but oh, absolutely. There's it's no, probably harder now than ever though isn't it but but yeah. like I don't even know what I produced to be honest because I like that money I just don't know what I produced that's what I struggle with now I can open up a project and I'm, I'm just like right I want to do this today yeah and I, I could start to be like say a house track and I'm, I'm sort of grooving away with that and then i'll write right i'm going to bed or i've got to go and sort my little lad out or whatever and then i'll come back to it a couple of days later it's like oh well i want to make a bounce track now. <laughs> and then it's it's, it's so frustrating that, yeah i think that's what would happen with me um <clears throat> what i was gonna ask you see see during these times during the you sort of coming of age as like 18 forward is there any memorable nights to stick out in your head when working to a carlisle or anything like that but ones I've attended or DJ. Or DJ, that, or... that is there something that is there any memories that you just like you look back on fondly or funny stories or yeah. just wild wild things in general? Is there anything that sort of sticks out in your head that like this is why I do this sort of thing? Or... Um yeah. Probably hang on, let me think. It was the second or third fusion when it was a dance factory one. That was incredible. Like that was that was really good. But was it was it just the right time and place, or was it the people, the amount of people? The atmosphere, the amount of people, yeah. Because obviously, I was getting like early sets, so like it was just my mates in the room and stuff. Mm -hmm. So which I loved, absolutely buzzed off it. But then I was getting some later sets and stuff, and then 
You know, there was more people there, and like the buzz was there, and it was just amazing. Good exposure for you, yeah. yeah. So when you were playing, you were like you were playing to a crowd who necessarily weren't biased towards you. So because mm-hmm. I I found this when I first started out, and like as you well you know yourself when when you first start out, you've got all your mates who will come with you, but then as you get later on in life, you get less and less mates who yeah. come with you because they're doing their own thing or. They might come out for the odd occasion or just mm. for bank holidays or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I found when I first started out, I was going to clubs playing and then mates were like, I could have played anything and then they'd have been like, fucking smashing it, mate, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. But then you soon learn that you need to read a crowd when you've got people who don't necessarily know who you are. Yeah. And, oh, that's not working, I'll try this. Or this is working, we'll keep to this sort of thing. Um, did you did you feel like you'd grown as a DJ when you were starting getting the later sets? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I didn't I didn't really like. <clears throat> I mean, when I was younger, I'd get put on early sets and I was bashing out the big tunes, and I didn't really. That's another thing. I just I didn't look into how to be a DJ. I mm. just learned how to mix, and there was some sets I played, and I was bashing out big tunes, and you kind of know. I don't know. You just begin to know, and you learn that you can't do that. You know. Every, everyone lands on the fly though mate there's no oh, yeah. same with levels no and stuff rubber. like that like yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I redlined any of <coughs> when I was younger but yeah stuff with levels and stuff and um, yeah. you don't redline it and like, all, all that carry on yeah do you feel that this era sort of like shaped you, you for what you were like I know if I listen back to your your um, earlier sets as I say when I was coming through I was flicking through for a few bits you were saying you were bashing out the anthems sort mm. of early doors and stuff like that. I was into a couple of earlier sets from, um, I think there was Destiny with, let me see, who was the MTs? It was the uh, Avi, um, Joker, and yeah, uh, I, so I had that on on the way in, and then I was like... some bad mixes on that at all. Um, to no, be honest with you, I was just... I don't think there was a monitor on. I was just flicking through, to be honest with you, mate, and then um, just to see sort of what, what tunes you were playing in yeah. what years just to sort of jog my memory and um Mainly as Italian, I, say, I think with res- yeah with rescue at the end i think but loads of big big anthems were being played and i'm yeah. like i think you are quite known for the anthems yeah so like, definitely i mean I, I i don't want to be pigeonholed with that but i just it's the tunes i like but yeah but i noticed that with your other styles as well when you were playing say because it was a couple of um yeah a couple of like retro things there a couple of the house ones and the trance ones and they were all like trance anthems blah 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 yeah it's like it's a good it's a good i think that's having that um known for that style i think you've definitely that's how you've got to become the go-to guy for yeah. carlisle like very reliant and trustworthy mm-hmm. like do you know what i mean with yeah, yeah. um anyone who listens to your music they'll they'll know straight off the bat that like right well i know i can trust him yeah playing whether you're on first or you're on last or anywhere, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so sort of moving forward, sort of 2007, eight, nine, you've, you've run in your first event. You've, um, you, you sort of getting these regular bookings. What, what else was happening? Like sort of behind the scenes and that were you, were you going to afar? You said you went to tall trees, which is in Yarm. Did we yeah, go 2007. Um, what was I doing around that? I don't, I don't think I met, I don't know if I went to many events back then, but, I think I was just kind of putting on my own. Right. Putting on my, on my own night around about 2007. Well, um, it was mentioned on previous podcasts. Um, let me see who was on. I think Ben Rushing. Ben, ben Rushing mentioned it. Um, did you done the deviation competition? Yeah, in um, fact, when was that? Was that, two, that was 2009 or 2007. Right. It a, I think it was... He did give me the date, but off the top of my head, yeah. I can't remember, mate. Because I entered the first one. 
And um, I'd came second, but I don't know how true it is, but people were saying, oh, Kristen's already won it, Kristen's already won it, mm. and he won it. <laughs> <laughs> and I came into the, I don't know if I'd done the second one, I'd done the third one, and me and Burgos won it. Right. And I think that was around about 2008, 2009. Right. But I think between 2007, 2009, to be honest, I was still going to a lot of sanctuary events and Red Raw Tall Trees, but between our seven or nine, I was really into Red Raw, yeah. Right, so what sort of stuff were you playing? Um, like, so where where was the competition at? Was it Blackpool? The first one, the f- did I, did I, I can't remember if I'd done two before the third. The first one was at Syndicate. Right. And um, What did you reckon of Syndicate? Oh, unreal, yeah. I've sort of, I've seen like the the main room DJ box and that, but even the second room was quite a large room uh, as well, wasn't it? So, because mm-hmm. I think there was like three rooms, wasn't there? But we were in like the small top one. That's what the the competition was. Right. But the competition I, I played at to win was at Halo. Was it called Halo Synergy in, in Warrington? Warrington? Yeah, mm. yeah. So that was another super club as well. Uh, yeah. So what? So when you when you what you play the competition there? Is that where you? Yeah, got, I played the competition oh, there. Okay. And we won to play in the Syndicate main room. And right. I think that's the only time I played in there. How was that for you? Good. Yeah. What you imagined? Were you nervous? or? Cause... Wasn't nervous at all, no. Nah, um... <coughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was good. Really good. It's, it's, a, it's a big step up from doing, say, like... I know I know Fusion was a big club, but, like, this was, like, a, a mega-sized yeah. venue. And, mm. obviously, it was Robin Dance Floor and stuff like that there as well, mm. isn't there? And... It's more like you call it like warehouse esque. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It was very, definitely. very that size. That's so, huge. how did you find that? Like you were saying before, like you'd, um, I've heard through talking to people in the past and that 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 DJ box, the sound system in there was like what some club sound systems yeah. would have. So, how did you find mixing that in there? It was alright to be honest with you, but that, I don't even, to be honest. Then and all, I still don't think I'd see DJs. But there was that many going on. It was like you're in like some like special thing it was like <laughs> what so that kind of like it was getting us a bit like worried in a way but once i got on like after the first two tunes i was buzzing like there was nothing i was just loving it when but you, i wanted more and more after that but when you went down that on that time with the winners did you go down with a lot of carlisle heads was there a lot of carlisle heads there um did I, I think i did sort of bus or did i get a, did i get a car we're going on a car i think i think a few carlisle did come i'm sure they did yeah. She would have sorted the bus, I would have done it. I always sorted buses, like, one, I always sort 50, 70 seater buses and stuff. One thing I find, though, with, with I think we're both similar in this regard, with, um, with Cumbrians, they're, fo- they're, they're big on following, like, like when you go down to Sanctuary, yeah. you can guarantee there's a big proportion of, um, in Blackpool, there's always a big proportion of sort of Cumbrians, Carlisle mm. work into Whitehaven type thing, uh, and it's always had a strong following from up this end. Yeah. So we've been kind of lucky like that so like as i say when i was getting more established more more of my mates are like actually i've i've got this on this weekend i'm doing this this weekend mm. i can't come but i was always guaranteed to have like the locals from the, the that i knew from the clubs yeah. going down so it looked sort of all right on me sort of thing but yeah sort of moving forward sort of 2010 did you find it hard in the recession or out like that like yeah i was putting on i think i was putting events on that was like no ticket do is just kind of pay on the door and you just hope for the best that people would turn up. But it was um, uh, it was hard times back then. What was it like sort of promoting at that time? Obviously, it was maybe the start of like MySpace and, and, and Facebook and stuff. Yeah. But like, were you, were you going everywhere, flyering, chip mm, shops and everything? And posters, flyers, everything. Um, and just... I'd do like block text, like a bit, do a text thing and then send it to everyone and yeah. stuff. Like just totally pestering people. 
but it was hard times, yeah, like, and then we weren't getting good numbers because I was, um, I'd, probably because due to the recession and stuff. Yeah. But I was always beating myself up about it, but I've never, like, never really had the money. But I've always stood by wanting to book locals anywhere. Yeah. Because I know what it's like myself. Mm-hmm. So I t- unless you don't produce or whatever, or if you're not DJing for a brand, it's it's hard. Yeah, but yeah. there's so many good DJs in Cumbria, and I, I've always stood by that. Do you, do, you fi- do you find that it's harder? Like, this is... I want to know about your journey itself. I, I think... I've seen I've seen in, in the past you've you've maybe wrote stuff online and that like about wanting to go that one step further and, and, and sort of branch out and do I don't know, maybe you want to do trance and house and stuff like that yeah. and give it a proper go as a DJ. Um do you find it hard as a Cumbrian? Like Yeah, like the amount of people that have said to me, Oh, you're wasting Carlisle, you're wasting mm. Carlisle, go to Man- go to Manchester, but you know, I can't mm. just pack up and go. But, oh absolutely not. I mean maybe it could have before kids and stuff, but yeah. I've always just messed about with jobs and stuff so I've never even had the money there but yeah, yeah it's, it's I think Carlisle Cumbria it's the hardest place like I've found that even now I've I, I I remember this was this was recent I'm this is a sort of behind the curtain thing if you're watching you can <laughs> you can sort of thing here I got a message saying I'm not going to name who because it's kind of it'd be shit on on the promoter but got a message saying listen if you lived closer I'd have you on every event yeah but it's simply because he says I can find somebody who, who would sell more tickets that might not necessarily make music, or the, yeah. the, or it'd be they might be on the same level you as a DJ. He says he says I can just take one out and replace one. He says, he says there's like there's hundreds of DJs wanting a shot locally yeah. who I know can get successful ticket sales. Mm. Um, so I understand as a promoter not to take the risk on me, but I just thought it was a bit like why do I bother? Do you, ah. do you know what I mean? Like if if. if that I found as this this is another thing like as I said behind the curtain type thing mentality is a very hard thing to maintain as, a, as a, a within the music well I think it's any entertainment because I've got friends who are in bands I've got friends who are um, producers for um, like um, TV and video and stuff yeah and um, they've they've went away to uni and that thinking they're chasing the dream finished uni but they haven't like sort of networked themselves into a thing and they've came back to cumbria and they're struggling themselves mm. to like it's, it's one of them things as a cumbrian i think if you do really want to make it big you need to go and chase that yeah definitely. whereas if you do what we do and just stay local and, mm. and do whatever you just got to make the most out of it but sometimes it affects uh, personally i don't know about you but it affects my mentality sometimes it's like why are they getting on a gig and I'm not. Ah, and then you realise that staying three mile away from the club and mm. it's like and this is this isn't just sort of this is everywhere. This could be like say Manchester, Glasgow or anything, or um even in the northeast and, and places like that. Yeah. But then I'm always the first people first person people come to when events are in Cumbria, like yeah. like yourself. So it's like you can see how why they do it, it makes sense. Mm. But the level of frustration um it is as a, as a as an artist i find that do you do you find that yourself yeah fitting it's it's a hard it's a hard dog it's a hard game dog eat dog world it is so sneaky and all there's people always going behind you were like wanting to like say they'll all dj for free like yeah. things like that and like it's just so annoying oh like uh, the ticket situation when that came into like oh i'd, I'd rather rather book him he can sell more tickets and stuff yeah. and like you know that I don't want to sound horrible or be good, but you know, like you're, you're better than them and stuff, and like yeah. it's so frustrating. But 
because these can sell tickets and that. And there's the, 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 you, you don't. I'm not. By the way, I don't think that you think you you're being big headed or anything because you're not. And like, the, there's there's subjective takes and everything where it's yeah. like, um, oh, so and so is better than so and so, but. At the end of the day, you know what you're capable of, oh, yeah. and then you like, exactly. I've I feel this with a lot of people. There's a lot of people who don't get what they deserve, whether they live in a the, the location or anything like that. Mm. Don't want to get obviously too deep into it, but um, I find that um, location plays a big part as well. Yeah, and like mates with promoters, like you see people who like who, who just approach promoters because. The yeah. one on the gig, they're not necessarily yeah. going to be pals with them or anything like that. They're being too nice to get, they're being too yeah. nice to them, and you can it shows and all, especially on social media. Um, I've, of... I found that I like I, I'm all in the middle of organising an event at the minute, which I'll be advertising. Um, <laughs> I'll use the podcast as an avenue to advertise it, but um, like as soon as I said about oh, I'm putting an event on, the amount of people who used to be my mates when I run events oh. jumped in my inbox like. Oh, pal, um, I'd be good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, uh, yeah, it has been a while, hasn't it? Leeches, <laughs> leeches, like. But yeah, as I say, there's people like yourself who go and take the 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 risk of throwing your own money at it and putting on an event, and yeah. all of a sudden all these people come out the cracks, and it's like, mm. are they looking for a payday, a bit of notoriety? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move back onto some positive stuff because I've just ranted for about <laughs> five minutes. Um, so sort of 2010-2011 I can remember keeping an eye on like I always keep tabs on everyone yeah uh, it sounds a bit weird but I'm like I just like to see what everyone's up to it's interesting we're all interested in it so so I remember like 2010-2011 seeing you were doing a lot of house stuff then yeah Um, I can't remember if you're doing oh I think you were doing maybe the odd sanctuary and stuff like that yeah I think I've always done sanctuaries to be honest but Mm. just because we're just playing the classics kind of like it didn't happen as much because obviously they want to get with the new bounce mm. so I'll play in the classics so it was kind of just when it was booked in Carlisle or mm. there's a room too with Italian or classic stuff like that yeah. but I was playing a lot of house yeah I just it's just because my my, my um, taste it varies all the time but I was really I think around about then I was really loving house music can I can I ask you something um, do you know when you were when you've approached um, venues or, or or people in general yeah do you find that um clubs are more accepting to your house events so like let's just say you said i want to put on an italian event because i've found that yeah. a lot of a lot of other like some venues are more welcoming to more yeah. house stuff than, than and anything with bounce mcs and stuff like yeah that. yeah did you did you find that it was easier to get a good venue for a house uh, event? definitely yeah so what where were you running your house events at this point like sort of 2010 2011 say that again sorry where were you running your house events at? um I was running the house events at um, Terminal, but that term, to be honest, Terminal was about 2009, 2010, right. and um, where else was I? The Melting Pot, when that opened, yeah. that was only, that was only about 2011. To be honest, I was like kind of throwing them anywhere, which was a bad thing, because like, your following like, can be confused or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and like, and just because I'm too, I just love it that much. I just want to DJ, I want to put events on and give people a good night and stuff. So I'd, I'd, I was like, I'd literally put events on anywhere, like bars and venues and stuff. What are like, you know, that no one's going in on a weekend mm. or they've like they've got bad reputations and stuff. But I would do it because I was, I was just too easy to swear and too easily like, I just, just eager. Wanted, it's just yeah, eager. He just wanted to do it. But then, because these rep- because these clubs and bars got reputations, 
for either trouble or just being empty, I'm putting on these events and they they still like being empty. Right. And it's because they won't touch they won't touch it because of that like that event. I mean yeah. not the event, sorry, because of the club, the reputation. The bar, they just won't they won't touch it. But I'm blaming myself. Yeah. And really I shouldn't even have touched them venues. Yeah, absolutely. Um there's a lot of venues come and go within Cumbria as well. You'll see yeah. something flag up for like six months and then it drops down yeah. and you're like you know why it is because it hasn't got the greatest reputation. Yeah. They get Carlisle's bad and all, like they'll get a, there'll be a venue, it'll be alright, and then they'll cl- it'll close down, it'll reopen, but all it does is get a lick of, it just gets a lick of paint. Mm-hmm. The amount of venues I've been in Carlisle they've got no sound system and no decks. And it's like What's going on here? Yeah, no one wants to and put in. And that's more there. overheads for us, and it's just so annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Very and annoying. then they, they still expect a big venue uh, yeah, <laughs> deposit yeah. as well. And like, they want you to pay the, for the bouncers, want to pay a higher fee for the thing, and like, oh, yeah, they haven't got a PA system. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, Ridiculous. It is, like, Carl's um, still like that now. <laughs> Unreal. Still, so so moving forward, you were sort of getting 2012 sort of onwards. What was what, what direction were you going in? What, were you, what was your main focus? Ooh. But um, 2012, um, I think it would have still been more retro, more house, still retro, but more maybe retro. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what events I'd done myself back then. But I think 2012 was still. I was still doing stuff at the melting pot. I don't know if it was mm. open then or not. What sort of um, artists were you booking for your event? Um, like I'm. Well, I guess um, headline house. Well. It was just locals because. As I say, I've never been a person with money, but yeah. um, house house and house headliners are like eight ten grand, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. got the Uber events hanging on um, floating about as well, and they're getting superstars, and you're like putting this on this little small time thing. But it was just always just local lads. Yeah, yeah, but good DJs though, like really good DJs. They just never been given that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so where where did when did the Uber thing come about? Because you've you've played Uber, for Uber. Uber had um, Uber had done um been about for ages, I can't remember when they first started, but they started in concrete when, um, and they booked like Calvin Harris before, he was huge. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. But I think, 2011, I think Uber really, like, um, blew up because of the Radio 1 big weekend. Maybe yeah. when you have to parties at the venue, which was called yeah. The Wall back then. Yeah. And then they started having the courtyard dues and stuff, and um, I was just like helping them sell tickets and stuff, but they started playing, putting us on in the back room. Which is um, which is half decent, but yeah, it's good to, to elevate your name a bit more yeah, as well. Like yeah. it's a good brand to be connected to. So yeah, like. definitely. Um, and then we're sort of moving forward to two thousand and thirteen, two thousand and fourteen. At this point, if my memory's right, you got uh, a classics booking for the Caffin Wigan. Is that right? Yeah, because I, 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 I seen you call, call, like on the flyer, and I was like, oh is sort of coming back to the bounce sort of stuff again yeah um and then you got booked for did you get booked for the classics night as well if i'm not mistaken um it was i think it was called the classics ah uh, possibly right i'm just gonna try i'm just gonna try and drop memory by getting <laughs> the forces up on my phone <laughs> can it help, it help with memory but yeah 2014 um trying to think i can't think of the um the events i was doing back then i wish i'd uh, done a bit of thing here <laughs> but I, no, it's all right i can remember i can i've done the calf which what that's pure now isn't yeah, it that's pure, yeah that's pure yeah so what when you came back were you just play what were you playing like trans classics or what was the yeah uh well just a mix like it sometimes i could grow from like i could start at 128 bpm and then finish off at like 148 yeah but i think it was more 
Yeah, I think it was kind of like trans dance classics, kind of like the the old sanctuary the cricket stuff. Right, I think that's what it was. Yeah, and then moving moving in into that, like, did you get your taste back for the sort of focused on any sort of um, faster BPMs um, stuff like Italian or and stuff like that again? Yeah, well, it was always there to be honest. But yeah, it was always there. I think um, with the house, I did like it, but I think I've always been a faster BPM man, definitely. Mm. Uh, especially if I'm off my head in a club, like. <laughs> I think I met you. Oh, did I meet you? I was meant to meet you because um, at this point, I think in 2000 and about 2013 or 2014-ish, I started getting bookings through here. And I think we were on a couple of the same lineups, but I don't think we ever crossed paths throughout. Um, I was getting bookings off. I got a couple of bookings off um, Chris Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, he was running some stuff. Um, there was The Attic. Is that is that right? Yeah. The Attic in, in Carlisle. Well, that's I used to run the Formula Nights. It used to be called Spirit Bar. Right. Maybe 2000, about 2007, 2008. That was, uh, when I first went in there, I was like, this place has got potential. Like, yeah, like it's, it's well, really... when we done it before it was called Attic, it was mint, like. Yeah. In the top room, like, the little, like, well, the attic part. Yeah. yeah. Small, but good. Yeah, like, I can imagine a nice, intimate atmosphere. Mm. Um, I, I was playing, I was a playing. Um, just tell me if I'm, I'm wrong, because, as I say, so many places changed the names. Yeah. Um, was, was there a place, the vibe? I played the... Yeah, I played in there and all. It was actually an Indian restaurant or something, wasn't it? But, like, he like there was, like, a function room type thing. Yeah. Funny enough, I've done a lot of events in there because that's one place that's changed its name, Lords. I, well, I, I played in there a couple of times. Oh, walkabout and watch it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, um, I played there about four or five times, but I think every single time I went in, it was a different name. Yeah. But the last time I played in there was known as The Vibe. Mm. Um, and that was for an MC. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, he was running an, an event there. It wasn't like anything special or all like yeah. that, but I can't remember who it was. Um, and then I think I got booked for Sanctuary's 13th birthday or 14th, but I don't know what it, which, which it was. I've been playing in, Car- in Carlisle a couple of times for Sanctuary at this point, uh, but you were booked to play for the Nick's Kids Night. Yeah, that? I. That was in. Um, I didn't make that night either. I can't remember what it was. I think I was badly or something. Or. Oh yeah. Um. What was that that venue called in there at the time? Can you remember? See that that changed its name a lot and all. Actually, I'm I'm on the list now. So <laughs> all these flyers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so terminal, was. but what did they change? I wish I'd looked at these flyers at the start because I could have gave you more more stories. To be honest with you. Um. Where is that? Is it? Oh, what was it called? Was it Botanica? Is that, is that what but, it was? Uh, it was called Botanica, uh-huh. but I'm not sure if it was Botanica when it was Nick's skits, but I could be wrong because it's had a few names, to be honest with you. Um, it might have been Botanica, to be honest with you. Uh, I think oh. the flight, it was a blue flyer, if that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> as I say, I think that, I think you were meant to be on after me. So, in a way, it was a blessing in disguise for me because I got to play like two hours. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, um, Gary's not here. I think he's badly or something. So, uh, he's like, do you want to just jump on for another hour? I was like, ah, I don't see why not. Um, and I think after that, 2000, I can't remember what year it was, you know. But I'm sure afterwards, um, I sort of never got booked for Carlisle for a while I think it was a bit of a, of a I think a lot of venues closed and, yeah. and whatnot and then I think it was, around, it was quite a hard time around there to be fair and then well I think a lot of it was like day sessions and stuff like that do you know what I mean yeah. like um, Carlisle's big for the day session now mm. um, I had do you know Simon Kennedy 
Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I had I had say on um uh um the podcast a couple episodes ago, mm. and he was saying about um he does um oh, what was the venue called that he does uh, he does daytime events in there now. He says oh, Havana, Havana, yeah. Mm. He says it's it's absolutely bouncing. Yeah, the they day. are. I they do them. Right. It's um, I think and all because a lot of people from out west come for like yeah, the day so session, yeah. get like the last train back. Yeah, so it works. It works big time. Mm. And I, this is another thing. I don't know, like why it is, but I think um, for for our type of music where it's a bit faster, faster pace than that. Um, a lot of people like out west come here and they, they go to the Cumberland for a day session. It's like oh. booming, like or it was at the time. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember we were in the Cumberland before that sanctuary thing. And it was absolutely bouncing, yeah. and I was just like, "It's like five o'clock in the afternoon, daylight." <laughs> I was like, "It never used to be like that. It was always like Saul and Motown and stuff." And then they got uh, Jordan Russell in, and he was just banging out the bounce, and he was, and that was really to capture all the not the West Cumbrians through the day, yeah, and like the, the Southwest Scotland lot, and then because they were coming for the day, they kind of maybe just thought. They'll, they'll want that. It reminded me a bit of Royal Oak in Workington. That actually, uh, yeah. we used to go there before Fusion. We used to love that place. Oh, yeah. Well, when when Fusion closed and then Elliot's closed and stuff like that, a lot of the promoters were running events from the Royal Oak. So you'd yeah. see, you know, like you, like Top Gun was in there. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else there was. There was well, obviously Marco's Dreamland. He used to run his hard house events, and then you'd get like say like a Ben Stevens, Cali Gage and that coming and playing <laughs> in the Royal Oak and it's like it's insane when you think about it because it for what mm. it is but um, yeah it's just it's a, that's another Cumbrian mentality as well yeah. like party anywhere so oh, yeah, yeah. I don't I honestly don't um, believe in all no one can be, uh, party better than Cumbrians like I've, I've said this it's like I've, I've been in a few sticky situations where it's like that's the the best I can describe it but like in which I've, I've went to events and there's, if there's something mad happened, it's always Cumbrians that have instigated it. Well, we were, like... one memory that sticks out for me, uh, Fusion Workington, it was rammed, like absolutely rammed. And did you ever go in Fusion? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you come down, you've got like, you come to the balcony and you're looking over the thing and then you've got the steps that come round. Yeah. Well, there was a lad on the top of the balcony and he like, he just got like kind of on the top, like balancing all of a sudden, he just like done a Superman dive and his mates all tried to catch him and he just bang. Do you know something? <laughs> That's been told on the podcast before. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. crazy. Like, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he, had to, he got hospitalised or what, but yeah, that was Stupid a Stupid thing to do. Like, moment, it's yeah. what you do when you're, when you're, when you're off yeah. your day. <laughs> you were talking about the Royal Oak and that there. I remember going to, I think it was, it was either a Dreamland event or, or Top Gun. It could have been Top Gun. I remember me and my mate, I was sick, because none of my mates like dance music, like my main core friends. Yeah. And they're like, I was like, come and try this. It's not like your usual boom, boom, boom stuff. I said, there's bits of like old school Italian and stuff and that. You'll love it. Right, so I convinced them. Obviously, I went in and they were playing like, at the time, it was, they were playing like dinky stuff. And I was like, oh no, I don't know if I like this. But I remember coming outside um, and there was loads of gypsies in, right? And there was a horse it. tied up outside <laughs> on by the lamppost. Right? That, that was mental. Yeah, like, and I, I was like, why does it a fuck? He's because Royal Oak's in the middle of the town centre, isn't yeah, it? Why right. is there a horse tied up outside of the town centre? It's fucking mad, like <laughs> a rag, man. But that's to say, that's 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 Cumbrians as well. Like they yeah. just, it's insane. Yep. Um. So we're sort of we'll move forward now in in the in the your story. Yeah. Um. 2016, 17, 18. What what were you doing? Well, we'll say from 2016 to 2019. 
and then before we get into like I'll the pandemic stuff. I'll try and just come up with some players first to just to drop my memories there. <coughs> my memory even, sorry. 2016, 17, Jesus. It's bad when they don't have the phones on. <laughs> I think I was just mainly just um, 16, 17, oh my God. Um, Thing we'd, I think we would we brought yeah we brought Formula back, which was the House Classics event that we started yeah. um, upstairs and walkabout back in two thousand seven. Plus, I was doing things like for the Realm. Right. Looks like here the Realm, which is an old school night in Carlisle. I'd done, I'd done the retro boat party in Amsterdam. That was a bit mental. Where was that at Amsterdam? Yeah, just DJing on the boat. Um, I DJed on the way back, and um, it was a disaster really because. Everyone went flat out partying on the way there. It was in like November. Right. And um, so like everyone was hungover and stuff. So it wasn't as busy the second day. But like the boat was yeah. proper bad. And I was it, like... Is that the one from the North East? Yeah, uh, yeah. Out. I've done they do, that they, they do various ones. I think like Good Grief have done it and stuff. But yeah. um, this was like retro. And they were doing it something we'd... It was maybe something like Habit with like that cocaine and um, Tom's and Eddie and stuff. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there wasn't many people on the boat dancing on the second night because obviously they went flat on the first night. Mm-hmm. And like I was feeling a bit dodgy and stuff and I was like to one of the DJs, you're going to have to take over me and I feel a bit crazy. <laughs> you're like, oh, it was dodgy, yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's always good to get like something a bit different to clubs as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. I found that like I did that... Um, that Amsterdam thing and it is just one massive party boat because I'm if I'm not mistaken I could remember misremembering it because I've done a couple of like boat journeys like that is that the one where they've got the casino and they've got like um, they've got like a nightclub area and they've yeah. got like, a food area and uh, a cinema and shit like mm. that I remember there was like people running up and down the the, the things off their head down the, like the corridors because you've got little like rooms didn't yeah, you yeah like, the, 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 the walkways are like that really yeah. tight ah yeah um, yeah that's a mad boat that man yeah <laughs> see, oh, it was mental like it was and I would yeah. I'd went um, we went into Amsterdam looking about obviously got a bit stoned and stuff and uh, just having a look, look about and then we got back in and um, I got searched obviously looking and I got now on us but yeah yeah, so what is it, like, you're, you're there for a day, is that right? Yeah, okay. you set off, I can't what time it was, you set off, we nearly actually never got there in time to get to catch the boat, um, I think it's like something like a 10 till, like a, maybe like a 9 till 3am thing, Right. like that's like just kind of the same as nightclub times, um, and you get to Amsterdam, you, that, that was the only bad thing, you only get about five six hours in amsterdam right i think that that, that rings a bell actually mm. uh what do you reckon of amsterdam mint yeah i do want to go back i need to go back sorry uh. <laughs> yeah, it's mint Absolutely. well i i've got a little little mad story like um i was telling my mate the other day, that's what, when, you, when you mentioned amsterdam i was like oh yeah i need to say this but when uh i went to amsterdam for the first time in 2014 it was mm. the 20th of december I'm not usually good with dates, but I remember this because of what it was like. It was just insane. So I booked it for my missus, like, uh, Muganaga Christmas Markets and that. And we got there, and, like, obviously you hear what it's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you go there and you can go to, like, the, the sex shows and there's a red light district. And I went into to one of the booths. Obviously, everyone has been to these. Like, them, you put a euro in and you get to go in the little, like, booth thing. Uh. Me and my missus were in there, and... Uh, the court, the, the court, my missus being dead nervous, like she was like, because obviously you just go off the experience and that. 
and, and this lasso like there was loads of, like pervs all around them in yeah. the booths but like because you could see like in each booth and that and then um, in in the booth area she she cottoned onto her and she focused on embarrassing her back <laughs> like uh, oh it was it was mental but what the, the story I was going to tell you was and um, as I said we we threw the bags in 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 the in the hotel room and just straight out first um the first cafe we come to we're like right we'll go in here proper stoned let's do let's go for this yeah like, i'm not a regular weed smoker at home i get like obviously drug tested and uh, that would work you've got to really with amsterdam don't you yeah so i thought right i'll do it i'll do it um and then i thought right let, let's do this so we, we went into this this cafe we got these uh chocolate fudge brownies hot chocolate um obviously like the with weed and that on mm. and we got um four pre-rolled spliffs oh, right? right so we were there and smoked two each and then had the, the brownies and chocolate i was like can't feel anything here like yeah, this same creeps upon you i know but we were just there and we we're like it was it was it was just a weird, like a really calm atmosphere, but like I didn't feel stoned at all. Yeah. And she's going, "Is this what's being stoned for?" I was like, I can't feel anything. <laughs> and then this was her first time smoking it as well. So I said, "Right, we'll go and get some more." So I went up to the and just got like some bud, um, and then I thought I'll roll it myself just in case the pre rolls are a bit yeah. rubbish. So I says, um, "What would you recommend?" And this woman was behind the thing. She's like, "Do you smoke weed often?" I was like, "No, nah, not at all." She says, "I recommend this row where it's like a sort of it's like a medium strength thing. Try this." So I was like, "Yeah, I got this." bought the the like the rizzlers and that went and rolled it up smoked it and that me and my missus were like this is doing nothing for us like at all so i just went all in thinking i was a big hard lad and then when i went off the top shelf i was like she's going you don't you said you don't smoke weed often i was like yeah but i just I just fancy it and she was like i wouldn't recommend it if you've never done it and i was like she says, but I'm not going to say no. So mm. got this and we rolled, I think we rolled about four joints. So it was like two each. At this point, we'd had about nine joints each as well. And it was just, there was just nothing. It just felt like it was just like a calm atmosphere. There was nothing ah. to it whatsoever. And we smoked them, but like you could tell it was stronger. Yeah. But like there was just no, I wasn't getting the, the, the tingly buzz. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was there. And um, next to us, there was this Chinese fellow with like, look like Mr. Miyagi. He had like, <laughs> like, um, these these beards that he kept this mustache he kept playing with on a bit of a goatee long hair and that and he was sitting playing chess with himself and me and my missus just got like fixated on it like massively and we sat and watched him and he was just playing with himself it was like quite fascinating i don't know about chess by the way I yeah don't know football, i don't either but like it was just interesting that he was sitting there battling himself um <laughs> and like we're there and like just sitting watching him and just having a drink of our drink every now and then and like really hyper focused on it and then I turned to her and I says, oh, we'll just go and get to me. I'm feeling quite hungry and that, like, I says, this, is, this isn't really doing anything for us. So just think, she, and she, she, like, looked at her watch. She goes, you're never going to believe it. I says, what? She goes, it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. I so you're probably joking. worse on, like, yeah, you just yeah, right. it. Yeah, I know, exactly. But, like, but it didn't, I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. Right, so I was like, well, we came in here at six and it feels like we've been here about an hour two hours no more but it's three in the morning and like you didn't even notice it getting dark because it's quite a dim lit um yeah. thing anyways i was like we'll just go back and we'll try again tomorrow because we still was asked, i was like i said i thought our oh, time just flew by because we were sitting watching him yeah but obviously we must have been watching him for about five hours mm. and he's, he's just keep restarting the game and doing it again and <laughs> weird experience <laughs> and then this god's honest truth um what, what happened next was we came out and it was, as I said, 20th of December, it was. 
So a massive gust of wind just hit us as we come out. I can't remember anything after it, ah. like at all. Um, my missus can't even when we've like talked back about it. There was just there's no recollection of um, getting back to the hotel and stuff. Yeah, like luckily we were quite close to the hotel. Does that with a lot of things though, doesn't it? Like when you're drinking or if you're on drugs, whatever. Like yeah. once you get outside in the fresh air, it hits you like. But this this hit me like nothing. I, I've never in my life I've I've got into some states with drinking stuff, mm. but never in my life have I blacked out like that. Because this this deleted like. Well, I'll tell you where I woke up at, but like, like, um, I, I woke up the next morning. Um, the last thing I remember was we were in this thing and we were saying <laughs> bye to the lass who we were buying the bud off and saying, oh, we'll go and get a big feast now. I'm starving, blah, blah, blah. So obviously I had the munchies. Aye. And we, I woke up the next day, my missus flat out next to me in this hotel room. And I've woke up and there was like fucking crumbs and everything in the bed and like, <laughs> but the thing that Stuffing really fucking I was I was thinking I shook her to wake her up. I says, "What the fuck is going on?" There was like yellow powder everywhere, all over the bed and on the floor, and there was like chocolate wrappers and all that all over the floor. We, and because it was a Christmas market, we must have went and bought um, do you know them, like waffle things, like cinnamon yeah. waffles. Aye. There was loads of them, just bits of them all over the spot. <laughs> and so we just picked out and must have spent a fortune on food. But this, this yellow stuff was like quite concerned. I was thinking, what the fuck have we done last night? Because literally, I was trying to remember, but in my head, there's just like, it feel, feels weird. Yeah. So walked through into the into the kitchen area. We tried to make pot noodles in the middle of the night. You know what was, I was going to say? Was it curry powder? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was the, it was the chicken and mushroom fucking uh, thing. We'd poured it all uh, over the floor see, in frustration. Yeah, I the curry powder thing. Uh, um, and we were that stoned, we didn't know how to boil a kettle. You could see that our attempts at like trying to like boil a kettle and it was like just, I can't think anything like it. Like, And anyways, as, as the day progressed and we got ready and that, like, it must have been heavy last night, there was a video of that she'd be, she'd, I'd been recording her because she would like climbed up the stairs like it was a mountain. Aye. And we're sitting by the door and we were trying to get in the hotel room through the night um, and we couldn't get either key in the door. So we're sitting there and, and I've recorded her on the phone to the fucking, the hotel manager. Fucking and he's hell. saying, I'll, I'll come down and open the door for you. I might have give you the wrong key and all this. Turns out we were putting the key in upside down. Like, but fucking, <laughs> that's another thing. Fuck but yeah, you, Amsterdam, what a fucking place. Uh, when, when I was there, um, <coughs> my bird insisted, come on, we'll go to the red light, red light district and have a look. It's like, aye, aye. So like, these loads are like sleazy looking men. Black men in like uh, leather pants, leather jacket, leather gloves. There, obviously, they must have been the pimps because mm. they like because they like I don't know. They were just you could just tell they were like kind the of the pimps. Yeah. yeah. But then there was this big black woman in the window, like doing this to him bird, like yeah, yeah, yeah. doing oh. that. It's like and she's just laughing. But before this, like my bird was like, my home hand will walk up here, and then, like they said, come on, you two, like yeah, it's like no holds bad, is it? Yeah, <laughs> as much as it's as much as to mint place, it's a little bit dodgy as well. Like some of the stories my mates have told me, and that like fucking hell. But yeah, I, I just I find it quite safe the way everyone's yeah, very relaxed. Yeah, I do. I, but I think if you like, if you, I think if you like cross the line, you know, you step the mark, do something bad, you know, you, you, yeah, you're, in, you're in trouble. You're in but trouble. I yeah, I find it very, very calm and place. Mm. Like. We 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 were in the red light district and things, like uh, having a having a crack in that, and we were sitting there. And we were just like, it's class era, wow. and she was like, this is amazing. Like mm. this, it's just such a like everyone's dead friendly in that. So we're that excited. We booked it for two weeks later. We came back on like the fourth of January. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take drugs that weekend because I told work that I was. I, didn't, I told lads at work I was going and got drug tested when I came back. So luckily, 
it wasn't that bad. Um, even just for sightseeing and stuff, you know, mm. mint place, absolutely mint. We went to like done the Anne Frank experience and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's what she wants to do. I'd like to go back and. <coughs> Anyways, back onto the story. We sort of went off on a bit of a tangent, but Amsterdam, <laughs> mint place. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like we're going on like 2018, 2019. Um, at this time, I obviously I say I keep tabs, tabs on everyone. Am I right in thinking that you've done retro at the pier? That yeah, it's one, probably one of the best. I don't know if it was the best or one of the best gigs of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember you posted a video or something like that. That's what that sticks out in my mind, anyways. Um, so obviously you're still doing the retro stuff. You're doing the Italian stuff. You've bits yeah. and bobs with Sank. You, you you're sort of just keeping yourself afloat with yeah. being known and making presents and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I want to get into the sort of pandemic era as well. So you were saying before you organised your brand new event, the Italian job, mm. and it was meant to be... When was it meant to be, sorry? Was it... it was meant to be, I think it was April 2020. Right. Yeah. And that sort of got wrote off, did it? Like, mm. yeah. Yeah, um, gutted. Was the anticipation for it at the time? Yeah. I think I think people, would, people wanted it because of that. We'd done that Italian dance special. At the back end of 2019, so then yeah. I'm sitting. It was um, the like the the interest for it, and that was really good. Right. Plus, it was at Brickyard, which is like every, it's a mint venue. Right. And then, um, but obviously, it was actually my birthday bash. It was like Gary Kerr's birthday bash type thing. Right. But um, then it got cancelled, and I thinged it to like July. Or something people were saying, "Oh, it won't happen. It won't happen." But I was optimistic, but it didn't happen. Yeah, obviously. Uh. Um. So that during the pandemic, one thing that sticks out is everyone was trying to like stay relevant and and maybe just cure the boredom, entertain the following that they've got. I seen you were doing like lockdown mixes. Yeah. Um. Mm. um is there any reason why you're doing that? Is it just, was it just literally to just keep yourself? We had. Um, I think. I think at the end of March, 2020, uh, Retro was meant to be on in Carlisle. And uh, me and my pal Danny Atkinson, who we used to run the formula events with, we were booked to play. But like lockdown kicked in maybe like a week before or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I'd already done live streams before, but without the uh, like high rig things, so you could hear like all the background noise and stuff. And thought we'd just do it. Done a little, and Danny knocked up some like little artwork poster thing on an app. Put it out there saying we're just gonna we're gonna go live for you, you know. Yeah. Because retros and I will come to you. So, and like everyone was buzzing and like I was on and there was like four hundred people watching and stuff. I was like, get on, I'm loving this. And then people were like, oh, can you do it more often? But I I really really honestly I really enjoyed it. Some I enjoyed that live stream more than some club nights. Yeah. It was interaction. Yeah, because you can well. see all the interactions when people like when a tune drops and you can see all the love hearts kicking yeah. in and like the comments and that. And you just know people are loving it. And then I started doing them, like, basically weekly, yeah. yeah. And then I stopped a bit. I, don't, I can't remember why. I think maybe because there was so many people doing it. And I was kind of thinking, like, well... And the, number, the viewers were dropping a bit. Because, like, there was loads of, like, big brands Different doing ones, them yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. There was, like, there was, like, live stream festival type things. Like, that's mm. what we're calling it. And I, so I just kind of, like, dropped off a bit. But, yeah. I think that really helped us and all with um, getting some bookings and stuff. It definitely helped us with... An audience like there was people watching us from Australia, mm. Sheffield, London, and stuff. People like who aren't even having mutual friends with her on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, getting into it. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you is um, I haven't actually asked anyone this in, on the podcast, but did did you find it strange or weird at all that you've went from two thousand and what was it two thousand four 
regular bookings in clubs and everything to zero. Like you won't have played yeah. out. Like you'd have at least played out in a club a couple of times a month through yeah. that full fifteen so, to. Well, two thousand. Well, around about two thousand seven, two thousand nine. After I'd had a few bookings for Sanctuary and that, um, and Dance Factory and stuff, I was getting like double bookings. Me and Ollie Steele would get booked together, mm-hmm. and like we'd go and play at DNA. And go back to Fusion, play it there. Mm-hmm. Go and play at Rottenstall. I can't think of that. That's the right mm-hmm. name and stuff. Like, things like there. Then come back to Carlisle, like, double bookings. Never had that before. It was always in bounce. But um, there was a, there was a case, there was a case though, when we weren't really getting much. And I was trying to get, like, you know, like, just workers, like, in a bar mm-hmm. or in a club, not for a... Oh, like a for, little residence. Yeah, I was trying to get that. But it was always with the crap ones and then... I think that was kind of when the recession was back then. When was the recession again? 2008. Yeah. 2007, 2008. Yeah. Back then, it was what the big up a bit then as well. But yeah, it was, it was Mm. because that year, the 2020, it probably would have, it was planning, it was looking like it was going to be the best year for me, gig wise. Same for me. Even life wise, like stuff like, like we had Rome booked and everything. But yeah, gig wise, it was, it was looking unreal. And yeah. then it just all came crashing down, and it was oh, it was shit. As 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 a DJ, like as you say, regularly booked in that, <coughs> did you find it hard, or did you feel like? Because for me, I, I I think I went a bit mad. Like this is just my personal experience. I was maybe different, where I was like, I've went out from playing clubs a couple of times a month, yeah. and it's like now nothing. And it's uh, like, are you going to get forgot about? Or, or mm. I, I have a lot of spare time to produce music because that was the big plus to it. I got so much music done. Yeah. But there was just a big void in. I can't depre- test music. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I think if I'd never had kids, I truly believe it would have affected us more. Yeah, I, 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 can, I think I, that, I think it would have well. affected us more. And plus the live streams. If I didn't do the live streams, I think it would have affected us more in terms yeah. of like. But that helped me kind of like get myself out there more and keep us kind of like current you yeah. could say anywhere when you're getting some gratification as well of like oh maybe not playing in a club but i'm getting these these people who's enjoying it yeah in, from their houses and mm. stuff which is fantastic because i know i did a couple of live streams myself and when you play in a club you might get like someone come to you or two or three people come to after a set and go really enjoyed that Aye. but when I, I i distinctively remember i did a couple of things for sanctuary i did a couple of things for um a few different bounce like live streamers um so to say and i remember just the messages were like would help me quite a lot does that yeah. make sense like because they, they were like this is class didn't know who you were before lockdown i'll be keeping an eye out for your stuff and that's just like at least i'm progressing in some sort yeah. of way um it's, might good, not be it's, getting... it's good it's good being told isn't it like I it's gonna sound a bit thing i don't I love people saying, oh, that was, that was Mint Gary, that was mm. absolutely class. Not to, like, feed my ego or thing. it's just... It's to show it's the hard nice work paying off. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, nice yeah. to show. Because sometimes you could, it'll be good, but no one will come up to you. Like, I've, I've been pulled off people in the clubs and like, oh, I'm glad to meet you, Gary. I've always wanted to come up to you and say how good you were, like, blah, 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 blah. So how much of a set mm. yeah, it was good and all that. I said, well, just, don't be shy, just come over. Yeah. It's not just to make us... It's not like to, like to feed me ego or anything like that. It's just it's just nice to be you know. It's nice to know that you're doing good. It's good. It's good to be to be um, <clears throat> to be to, to know the people firsthand. Yeah, who's and, the, and they're liking it, they're enjoying it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because there could be like a hundred people in the club. Not everyone will like, like yeah. the tunes you're playing, but that to that audience that you've got, it's nice to individually yeah, see. Definitely. Um, I remember playing Sankfest and 
um, a lad came up to me um, during Sankfest and said, listen, I've travelled here just for you today. Like, I've seen that you were doing whatever mm. and I've travelled up and he drove from, like, Birmingham or something to, to Workington of all places. And I'm just like... You don't realise how much that that means yeah, to you, sort of it thing. It is like it's just. Uh, have you ever had? Have you ever been fanboyed? Uh, I have got quite. I have got quite a few fans. Yeah, there's um, one woman, Nicola Porter. She's she's my number one fan. She's bought mm. she's bought us presents. She's got us stuff, and it was my twenty years of Gary Care. Mm. She bought my daughter, like, born to DJ, little onesie thing, and then there's, like, there's a bit, I've gained a few fans since the retro on the pier, people who I don't know, people who've never met in my life, mm. now there's a lad called um, Matt, Matt, he, he's kind of a fan, um, you don't realise it's, we, it's weird you, saying yeah. that fans, because it's, it's weird, isn't it, like, yeah. these fans, I do have fans, yeah, it's like, it's mad, but, it seems weird as well because I'm just I'm just gonna care from Carlisle, you know. It's, yeah, it's weird. oh, absolutely, but, it's mate, mate, like, but yeah, Matt, Matt, like this is this is a weird one as well. But you could go to a club night where because I'm like so like involved with the bouncing and stuff like that. You go in and everyone's like, "Hi, oh, hey, Brad, how's it going?" Blah blah blah. Mm. You probably get like you selling Carlisle, yeah. but then you come out of that club and in the street, nobody knows who you are. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. like it's a real hit to reality. Yeah. I like it like that to be fair because yeah. it's like thing. But one like this is this is just another story sort of off subject. But um, when you like talk about like like fanboying and stuff like that, I thought I was gonna get hired in one day. Like this, this I was proper annoyed. Mm. And uh, like so, we went into like Weatherspoons one morning. Me, it was my missus auntie. She come visiting over from Hong Kong. Yeah. And we were going. We had something booked in. I can't remember what we were doing. It was like. I was showing her something working anyways and I was, we were just sitting having a breakfast in Weatherspoons and these two fucking scaffolders were there like look hard as fuck as well like you know <laughs> what I mean the, 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 one of them would have took me definitely and they're there staring, staring me out and like she pointed out to me I didn't see this and she pointed out to me and she's like they're, do you know them? and I was I turned around and I was like nah but I was like fuck they're going to do me like uh-huh. you, just because the, the, just the vibe they gave off and one of them came up to me, like, for, like carrying the carpets right up. And I was like, oh, right, what have I done here? Like, do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, not, don't get anyone's wrong side, but you just don't know what people yeah. say. Yeah. And I had a pal, and he went, he went, can I ask you some apart? Are you Brad? I was like, yeah, yeah. He turned to his mate, I fucking told you. <laughs> they come over and he's like, ah, oh, we've we seen you. Um, you were playing in, um, I think it was, did they say that was it Electric Soup or something? Seen you playing Electric Soup, eh? Uh, after Sanctuary, um... Uh, it was class in that and got uh, her auntie in that to take a photo oh. and I was like, that was the only time I've ever been fanboyed. Oh, uh, when you said fanboy, I didn't kind of know what you meant, but yeah, uh, I have had that actually, I, some some young lads, I can't remember where they were and like, you get it, but even in the streets, like, all right, Gary and all that, I'm like, I don't know yeah. And it's like, oh, um, when you next DJ and they'll want a photo and stuff, um, yeah. I can't remember where it was and it was a similar thing to that, I. It's, it's surreal because... Like, you just, like you just think, you just, if they're talking, they're them. looking at you and you think like, because you're not, I know I'm not a celebrity or anything, so you just think like, are they, what are they going to do me or are they slagging me off here, yeah. what's that problem? And they'll come off like, oh, you've got a kid, like, I've got a fault with the boys, like, what the I, hell, see, I, I was literally shitting myself because I was thinking, they'd take me easy uh, and, and it's quite a negative thing. But as you say, like, when, uh, by no stretch, a celebrity, a, nothing, yeah. but when, when you don't know that the, like you can check your SoundCloud stats or whatever yeah. and you can see who listened to you but but 
what I'm getting at is and there's legit fans out there. Yeah, yeah, like and there's people who listen to you every mental. day, and you playing playing whether you've produced the music or you put the mix together, they listen to you daily and let right. you get them through their day. Yep. Um, one thing with the podcast as well, there's a lot of people who sit and wait for this on a Friday to come out, right. and it's like you make their day that little bit easier. And yeah. you know something that from I did think about jacking this in when the pandemic first hit. And to get somebody to come to you and just say, listen, like, you've, you give me my hours yeah. of entertainment. If I listen to your mix on repeat. I listen to these tunes on repeat. Yeah. And now, more so with the podcast, I listen to every episode, every, every word I'm hanging off and all this. Yeah. It's like, it's like... That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, like, the, like... I, you could play in front of the biggest crowds in the world, but knowing that you're, you're, you've changed someone's day and make it that yeah. much better, it's, it's such a nice gratification. Mm. And that's all I need. I'm happy. Yeah. If I never got any big bookings ever again you know I just carried on doing this I, knowing that there's somebody listening and that they're just like this yeah, is what it's about it's definitely. fucking it's, it's heartwarming eh? it's, and, it's a, and at the end of the day when you see people like they say about the 90s and the 90s was the best thing and we used to take love doves and we all, were all ah, together as one and that it's like it's a heartwarming feeling now. knowing that like people are having the same feeling saying listen you You've the people you talk to and stuff like that. I get to feel like I know them on a more personal level. Like today, people have found out stuff about you mm. that you not necessarily know, which I find I just find it brilliant because I didn't do that for that reason. I did to yeah. preserve our scene. Yeah. I've, this podcast came along because I wanted Cumbria as a, as a whole to be remembered as like because London and that get remembered. Yeah, um, all the big clubs and Manchester, the Hacienda, places like that, mm. and it's like Cumbria always it's always on the back burner for everyone. Aye. And for our our music scene as well, like to preserve so it. much talent on offer, and all it's yeah. unbelievable. Like, and a lot of people get forgot about. But if they get mm. the stories out there, you could you preserving it, yeah. and and the the people loving it was just something I didn't realize that I needed. Ah. And yeah, like as I said, like getting your story out, I think it's I think it's fantastic yeah. that like somebody might not know who you are now and then off the back of this this um, podcast they're now like Gary K Gary K and then they find yeah. all these class mixes online like where it's like oh I fancy a bit of trance today I'll listen to a bit of trance Aye. it's like go and listen to it right now yeah. <laughs> I know I've sort of waffled on a bit there all the money yeah, all the money in the world and all those there's, there's no beating like when you're DJing and there's the, the people there buzzing and like smiling yeah. and wanting to shake hand, fist bump you and all that because yeah. you've dropped one of the tunes that they love or something, they're just happy like seeing their faces. Like, I lo I'd love DJing like outside of Carlisle, I really do, but DJing in Carlisle, like my mates, people I know, my hometown, yeah. oh, I buzz off it. I absolutely love it. Like, yeah, you've, you, you met, you're making something that they'll remember forever. Yeah. Like, it, that's, that's special, what it's about it? for me. Like, yeah, definitely. absolutely. So we'll talk like talking about the pandemic and that we've sort of went off on one. Um so coming out of the pandemic, were you raring to go? What was yeah, the what was it like? I was raring to go massively. Mm. Um What was what was what was the idea? What was your were you like, I'm gonna put events on or I'm gonna be playing, I'm yeah. gonna try and get on everywhere or what what was the I was kinda of hoping I'd get more bookings than I thought because I started selling USBs, didn't I? And I was mm. posting them out all over the country and like because the uh, the live streams and I was like right I'm gonna do I'm gonna put on a mix on USBs and I want them and like the interest was unbelievable mm -hmm. and um but I've got I've got some good stuff after it I have um but yeah we had obviously the Italian job book for the 14th of August something like that it mm -hmm. was sold some like um I think I sold something like 180 tickets and then the remaining 60 paid on the door right the remaining 
remember 70, 60 behind the door. So the lockout in the end, yeah, which was unbelievable. But the support kind of died down a bit, which was annoying. Mm. But it was always expected that one was going to be big because the first one, back. everyone was yeah. ready to go. Yeah. I remember the first time I went back and it was like there was all you knew there was going to be a special atmosphere but mm. it, it was just good to be yeah you've played to to people on the internet but like mm. when you're seeing everyone just happy to see people <laughs> that's alright mate it's happened before <laughs> but you, it's, it's like when you see people like there and it's like everyone's just happy to blow some steam out like uh, like that 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 it, it was a nice special moment yep. and i hope we never ever have to do this again oh, which no. i don't think we ever will but um that was the build-up of two years of just yeah. of, of everyone coming together again yeah so after the pandemic what have you been up to i've done um i've obviously done a couple of italian jobs mm -hmm. i also done that like because it was it was kind of 20 years since i've been djing mm -hmm. And with all the with all the, like the the support following stuff on the, the live streams, I thought this is this is probably a good this is probably the perfect moment to do it. Mm -hmm. Even though it was on a Friday night, Fridays are often in Carlisle really really hard. That's probably why the Italian jobs the 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 audience got a little bit sl um, mm -hmm. smaller. But anyways, yeah, I got given a date in October. I think it was a Friday, and um, that it was I don't know six hours set. And it was like just going through all the, the genres and tunes that I love, mm. and it was it was it was a, it was mint. Mm. I, I believe I do believe the the crowd would have been bigger if it was on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. I do believe that it was a good crowd though, a really good crowd. It was in the Brickyard, which I really want, which I wanted it in. Yeah, it's just a shame I couldn't get it on the Saturday. But yeah, I done that. How uh, was it? How was it? Um, getting to play through the the genres was that was ah uh, it was good. To be honest, it's it. it it wasn't enough time to be fair, like because you could look all the tunes in the world. There's not, there's not enough mm. time to like do all the ones that I like. But it was good, yeah. I enjoyed it. There was a lot of tunes that I didn't, that didn't play that I wanted to. And I was totally kicking myself about it, but yeah, it was good. As I say, if you because you because you also you play so many genres as well. It's like saying an hour of house, an hour of trance, yeah, an hour of Italian hour of bounce. And like as you say, you've only got an hour to play. I know. That's your what I mean. It's, I could it's do six hard, hours yeah. of each genre, man, if I want. If, yeah. It's just the stamina and everything. Mm. But but I've, we've had a few events and all like the. Um, I don't know if we've had a Rude Dog Productions, which I've not mentioned. Uh, my mate, one of my best mates, had um, decided he wanted to just for a trance event on and he called it Rude Dog Productions which is because it was all just for the laugh mm. but um, we've, we've done that that was an, the first one was at the Bronx which was at the, what you're on about before the Vibe right on Watchergate we've done one there called it History of Trance amazing and then um, we started booking like Dave Pierce, um, Matt Derry mm -hmm. Dave Pierce again we've done like an Italian trance type thing one had booked Andy Pendle twice mm -hmm. so we've done some of them since like 2017 lately they're good ones. He's took a bit of a break now because yeah. like he's a businessman. But then I've um, decided to do a a brand uh, and I brought up a brand called Memories, which was basically got all the dance trance stuff like right. from the late nineties, early noughties. I've it's seen something this. I love because I've done like some CD series, and I've always wanted to do it, but I just didn't know when. And I thought when I I've done one, when did I do the first one? Was it May or something like that? Mm -hmm. Which is good. And then the one in July. I've got one coming up in November with John G, Stephen J, and Andy Kelly. Andy Kelly's played on all of them. Yeah, great DJ. Yeah, mint, mint. And um, yeah, it's just basically tunes that bring back memories. But it's just kind of like 
dedicated to the likes late nineties, early nineties dance trans stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but spot on lineups for the, for for what it is as well. Yeah, you know yeah. Mean? And um, I've been like a lot of people are always at us because the events I do, or even when retros in town, a lot of like there's a lot of eighteen year olds, which I don't mind. They mm. they keep the scene alive. But you get the 40, 50 year olds that always twine, and can you not do one for like the older lot? So I've got a new, um, I'd say brand, but I've called it Old's Cool. Yeah. It's Old's Cool. Um, over, I was going to do over 30s, but it's going to be over 25s. So that's on the 22nd of October. Yeah. That's looking like it's going to be a good one. Grab your tickets. I'll leave the, the uh, <laughs> ticket. Have you got a, a young Skiddle? Yeah. Right. I'll leave the, the um, ticket Remember this below. As well. Uh, yeah, I'll leave the ticket links below for it. So if you're in Carlisle, you can come and check it out. See yeah, what it's about. At Black Box Music Institute. Yeah, that's where yes. Sanctuary is. Where we've gone. I think yeah. you're playing that night, are you? Or not? Is that in two weeks? Is it something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on. Yeah, there, that's yeah. the same venue. Is that? That's where Memories is going to be in old school. Uh, old school, even. Yeah. And um, recently, I've just been announced um, DJ for Zone, which is like massive dream, really. Yeah, I've seen that the other day. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what day it was, but the lineup's pretty solid as well on it. Ah, as well. Yeah, it's great. Um, so everything's starting to. I, I always thought it was a test of year last year for what yeah. coming back. I wasn't that busy to be honest with you. Um, I had a few gigs. Kept uh, Farrell kept me busy with like uh, an event every month or so. Yeah, and then um, odd bits playing locally in in the clubs, locally to me, um, but. Other than that, there wasn't much on, but this year seems to be right. Num we all we're all aware numbers are down across the board, yeah. But we're just gonna do what we can, and as I say, I've got a couple of things to announce um, in the future, which I'll probably by the time this comes out next week, um, a couple of them will be announced. But uh, as I say, it people like as I said, the ball's rolling again. I think last year was a test, and now people's thinking, yeah. right, we're not going to get the best numbers through. Let's just bash on and do what we can. Yeah. Um, and uh, and to be honest with you, you were saying about you would be disappointed with some of the Italian job turnouts. I think I wouldn't be. I think <coughs> even the biggest events now are getting lesser numbers. Yeah. Like, it, it is. Genuinely I'm yours for ever. I'm. I'm. I am. I beat myself about it all the time. Yeah. But, you know. Got a cost of living crisis now. Yeah, of course. Plus, like, it's an older crowd. People have got mortgages. People have got kids, work mm. and stuff. You know, they can't go out all the time. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do now is, as well, we won't have the break. We'll go straight into it. We've got uh, questions from uh, what people have wrote in. Because um, we're actually talking about some of the things that people have wrote in. So we'll just get on to it. Um, all right, mate. Uh, how important is success for you in your music career? Uh, do you see it as a hobby? Um, or or do you take it seriously? And that's from Bob. Bit of both. It's always been a hobby. Always been a hobby. So anything like any success that comes with it, really, that's the bonus. But it's yeah. always it's always I like I think we've already touched on it, haven't we? Because we said about like it's nice to get gratification, and you yeah. see that you're, you're affecting people. And I think success to me is I'm successful if if it touches one person and change. Like yeah. like I'm not saying I'm on, it's life changing by any stretch. But what I'm saying is, is if 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 you can make someone's day by putting a mix out and they're like, Gosh. I love this. Yeah. And, do you know what I mean? Like I had um, um, the retro and the pier, which was like the trans stage. I was like on the same line. I was the only one like the small time DJ. All the rest were like Seb Fontaine, Mauro Picotto, Signum. The, uh, the headliners you know, each so in, like, in their own right, aren't they? Yeah, so that that's that and and retro in the park, which was on the summer. I was alongside like um K Clash, John Kelly. Yeah. 
There's a few big games. Where, where, where was that? that? Sorry. In Burnley, some park in Burnley. Right. There was like the main stage, which was Hacienda and all that, Dave Morales and stuff. Yeah. And I was only like one of the smaller time DJs on there. Like, so like, I've got to give like mass, massive uh, respect and credit to Retro because they've yeah. given me like two of my biggest and best gigs in my life. Nice one, but yeah. it, it does just feel good. The but success like, doesn't yeah, it? Like it's amazing. Yeah, I've always had this 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 mantra of I've had people talk to me like shit, like within the scene. I've thought, well, that's fair enough. But you've got to remember that when you're on the way up, you you meet these people on the way back. Well, I was on about well. that on Facebook the other day. But like that's that's what it is, isn't it? It's just one of them things that yeah. success to me is just enjoying myself. And as soon as it's not fun, I'll stop. Mm. But yeah, just be just be humble. Getting asked the DJ, just getting a booking. That that that's the success. That's that's what it's all about. But people noticing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. God, but obviously making like, people happy and stuff and dancing. And yeah, um, they're investing investing in you as well as a promoter, yeah. so they must think you're a valued or something. Yeah. Right. Next question. Hi, mate. As a DJ, everyone has a signature tune or tunes they are known for. What's yours? This podcast makes my Friday morning unbearable, and that's from Ryan. Um. Probably my, my most, probably my favourite tune ever, ever made, Paul Van Dyke for an Angel. Right. That can either be with the old Lover vocals, Rachel McFarlane vocals on top, one of the other, the general, yeah. general bass, ICU. So, so have you got these people who follow you and they're like, I know, I, I, like, I'm waiting for Gary to drop this. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably, yeah. 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 But, I, but I tried, and also WAB Loving Times is one, and maybe Four Strings Take Me Away. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, absolute but, anthems. Yeah, I mean, I try not play sometimes. And in fact, System F cries. Well, in fact, that's one. But I try to avoid playing them because, like, I just don't want them to be in every set. Yeah. But if people, but I'm, I've always seen myself as a crowd pleaser. So mm. if people want them, I'll just play it. You know, Absolutely. they want they're they're here to they're there to hear that and they want me to play that. So I'll play it. Like, but I mean, that's for that kind of thing. Retro. Um, chosen few. Nobody's business. Maybe. Um, with bounce, it was always Alex K. The B pounds, maybe. Yeah. And last year. Um, secrets was that Fitzy Rossi B secrets? I think yeah. it was. Yeah. They were kind of my all um, the ones that I all like. This the which the version industry. of the B pounds was it? Is it the one with the dinky riffing? The dun 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 dun. dun yeah. Because oh, yeah, he did release two, didn't he? Ah, uh, it was like the old. I think like kind of. The, the dinky one that was a more yeah, popular one yeah definitely it was that one yeah he did one with like uh, hard house hoovers he had like uh, hoovers instead uh, of it, it wasn't that one it was the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's everyone's favourite isn't it yeah, yeah. I, um, I think, uh, they were kind of my signature tunes at the time yeah I think so yeah but actually all bangers to be fair aren't they're yeah, all big anthems uh, um, for me um, I'll do another thing that's, that I'd, I'd say that's out behind the curtain I've got a formula in my head I've got a bit of a not OCD, I wouldn't say that by like. Oh, I've got no. bad OCD. Like. Yeah, <laughs> but my my thing is, I like, I, I'm one of these DJs. I like to play music that you didn't know you wanted to hear. So yeah, what I do see, is, see, I'm like that, but I always tend to play the ones that they want. Yeah. Oh. I've got a, I've got a four and one strategy. So what I do is, I play four tunes that might be my own, that might be by somebody else that I think that people know and they can sort of think to. And then mm. and then on the fifth tune, I'll always play something. I think this is a banger. Nobody ah, knows I... what it is. But you're having it anyways, yeah. and then if it goes down, if it doesn't go down as well as as the first four, I'll just quickly mix it out. But yeah, like, but I'm, I just I like it's it's a way of breaking tunes in my opinion. Yeah. Like, and then if I get a massive reaction out of it, 
this is my theory. It's, it's all a bit convoluted, but I moved that into the four, the first one of the yeah. first four. So next, ah. in my next set, if I feel like playing it again, I, can, I know that I can play that. Yeah. And then just the way it works. It's same yeah. with producing tunes. Ah. I'll play. I'll produce four like vocally tunes, which I know get a good. Uh, sort of thing and then the fifth tune I produce is like it's always some experimental yeah a lot of them have flopped a lot of them have had moderate success but yeah just 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 my the way I in my head yeah. work do you know what I mean I kind of do that with uh like if I'm booked to play some anthems or whatever I'll because mainly a lot of my sets are classics yeah but I'll like I'll I'll chuck in like it's a bit like you what you're on about there like you'll play a three and then one then off three mm. then one off four then one and it's usually like a hidden forgotten gem you know it's a classic yeah yeah but people have just totally forgot about it. And, and then when they hear it, you... Yeah, but that might be a classic that no one's <coughs> even heard of. Yeah. So, like, you're trying to, like, introduce... It's, although it's not new music, you're introducing it. It's new to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, my signature tunes... Um, that, to be honest, I didn't know there were signature tunes until someone pointed it out. It's just tunes that I happen to play quite a lot. Um, G-Spot Energy uh, oh, that is a class tune oh. but it's only when I've listened back to sets when somebody pointed it out to me that you play that almost every yeah. set and it's like it's because to me I love I just love it and it's oh. not necessarily something that anyone else plays I've never I've, I don't think I've heard one person play it in the past mm. and that was 10 years ago mm. I've never heard it in the club but so I like playing it because it's got like a big fat kick drum on it and it's like yeah. it just, it's just very uplifting I was a bit like that with a uh... Stars and Breeze are shining. I think yeah. Stars and Breeze are shining. The Rescue Mix, obviously, the Big Ange, it's over now. The, mm. the Ultra Beat one, and um, what's it called? Um, Rescue Sweetheart, them three. Mm. I always play Big them tunes. when I'm playing like that type of music. Big always tunes. good. Um, and cheesy. Man. I do love my cheese. Like, I probably love my cheese. There's not but, nothing better than you because know, you, uh, you do floor filler. Of course. And my second one is I don't play it as much, but. I've had other DJs say to me, that's like your your signature tune, that like to me, I just it, it's an edit I made of um Gallus and Hall Priest Magic Nana. It's it's released like two thousand fourteen, but it had a bit of traction when it came out, but I, I just warmed to it for whatever reason. It's not even that great of a tune. It's I've just, never heard of it, to be honest, I've never heard that now. <coughs> um I'll send you it after this, but well, is that a bounce tune like it's a bounce, bounce tune, version? yeah. Oh. Um it's a it's a bounce tune. Have you bounced it up or what? No, no, I've just made an edit of it. Ah, right. Basically I, I I trimmed the fat on it because I, I thought all oh, that breakdown's a bit too long. Yeah. So I just basically trimmed it down from a five or six minute track to mm. like three and a half minutes and I can get it mixed in, get the good reaction off it. That's something I'd like to do is do edits. I'm not I'd, like you know, some breakdowns are really long. I'd rather like, I'd like to edit them. Yeah, that's, um, it's you don't even need to be really produced. I know You've that's got some why. Editing stuff. You, I know it's you could learn it in. Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm, why. I that's that's why I wanted because I know. Well, I don't yeah. know, but I've, I'm sure it'll be quite easy to edit. Like cause yeah. some tracks where the breakdowns like, and I just think, come on, I don't want that. So usually I'll mix in before them bits. Yeah, um, I find that I, I don't edit a great amount of tunes, but ones that I think these tunes are so good but there's just something you just need to trim yeah. the fat off it a little bit uh, um and some have like needless um like i i'm all for like i love mixing trance because it's got the long mixes yeah, yep but um some more modern tunes that have tried to incorporate that that they've got sections of like 16 bars where you just think you've not moved from when you the bass kicked in there's just nothing going yeah. on and i just think i cut that out if there's something where i think it, it adds to the tune i'll, I'll leave it but um, if if there's nothing going on, there's no good riffs, there's no like vocal shots or anything like that. I'm thinking it's just uh, pointless, so uh, I'll just trim the fat off. Um, 
And last question of the day, and then I'll ask you um, my last question. Uh, since you mentioned you're a massive fan of Greg's, what's your go-to sandwich, dessert, and drink from there? And that's from Jordan. Who's the massive fan of Greg's, me or you? Me, yeah, I mentioned <laughs> it. I love Greg's. I go there every day. Honestly, um, I love a hot chocolate from Greg's, like. Yeah. So if you have Sausage to have and bean melt. Sausage and bean melt as your main. And what else was it, sorry? Dessert and drink. You, and you said, Dessert chocolate. and drink. I like a hot chocolate. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? So like basically a, a sweet, a savoury and a drink. That's what uh, they're saying. Um, I like them um, donuts at 99 pence. Um, is it a caramel, caramel donut or something? Right. Yeah, nice uh, like. uh, we always get a lot of food questions on here, uh. of, for obvious reasons. <laughs> <coughs> um, for me, oh, I could go through so much, but like... If I, if you just just one more, it would be um, the the chicken bake. Um, that's the white sauce one. I like that. Mm. Um, desserts is easy. Same thing every time. I just get yum yums. Do you know like What's the that? Like, they're like the the long. They look like donuts, but like the long twists, and they've got sugar. Oh, aye, aye, aye. Fucking yeah. amazing. They, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're great. And my drink would be a caramel latte, large. There's your answer, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Right, so we're going to sort of tie this up. What I ask everyone is at the end, um, you're about to get the electric chair because you're on you're on death row for whatever reason, um, and you've got one more meal. You can have whatever you want. Um, what you're going to have? Anything in the world from anywhere as well. You get it delivered to you. Oh, it'd be a toss up between like a a beef dinner or a full English. Mm, no, not a bad choice, you know. And it'd probably be made from my missus as well. <laughs> she cooks up a good. Um, I, I um, on your beef dinner, do you have Yorkshire puddings? Ah, the works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but th then again, not Christmas dinner because the stuff on Christmas dinner, what you don't have on a beef or chicken dinner, isn't yeah, it? Like, I don't know. Pigs in blankets and. Uh, I only have three. roasted parsnips oh. for Christmas dinner as well. Ah, I see things like that. Oh, see, we're know. not just a musical podcast. One of them free. <laughs> one of them free. I can't really put yeah. one on it. Um, probably a beef dinner as long as I've got the horseradish like. Right. And what about <laughs> uh, dessert? Um. Oh, see what um. Probably maybe a sticky toffee pudding or something like that. Nice. nice. Anything to wash it down, drink? Kind of lilt. Kind of lilt. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, right, we'll just tie this up. Um, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, where can people find you and what have you got upcoming? Um, black box mainly. I'm out there a lot lately um, recently, but obviously Sanctuary on the 24th mm -hmm. of September, black box. Yep. Then I've got Old School, the over 25s event, which is the... 22nd of October. Yep. And then Memories, which is the uh, night dedicated to the late 90s, early 2000s dance music, alongside John G, Andy Kelly, and Stephen J. That's on 26th of November. Right. I think it's 26th November. Mm -hmm. Last Saturday, November. Yeah. Then obviously I'm at a zone in Blackpool at Flamingos, yep. which is the 15th of October. Right. And I've got one more event coming up soon, which I can't really announce yet, but it's all to be released on um, Thursday. Big this Thursday? 
just yeah well is that a week tomorrow is, is it on Thursday now we're on Friday yeah this Thursday I. you um, can announce it then if you want it's because, getting um, released I, um, because it won't be out until Friday mate so well it's Ben Hemsley yeah. oh, Ben right. Hemsley's coming to Carlisle's playing at the venue ah I've seen that actually on his yeah. tour date since it was there to be announced or, yeah or well a man, a man I know has helped us um, he's involved in like good grief and stuff he helps uh, my mate Sai who does the Rude Dog Productions events yeah he helped us getting booking like Matt Dirty Dave Pierce and all that and he's always at us wanting to put on events and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says, so we've kind of like joined up together, but got involved with um, some young lads who run a event, house event called Picasso. Right. So we're going to just throw it under their, under their brand. And yes, there's a, a girl from Dundee, I think it is, called Hannah Lane. Right. She's DJing as well. Good. Johnny Donuts, yeah, yeah. Johnny Donuts on it as well. Yeah. So I'm looking forward not to bad, that. Not bad. There mm. you go. There's a, there's a little uh, just announce. It'll be yesterday for everyone listening. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, where can people find you at then if they want to find you online, your mixes or or contact you? Or anything uh, like that? Facebook DJ Garikay Sunder. <coughs> SoundCloud it's Garikila Garikay brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram that's private. It's more more for pub posting pictures of my kids and mm, that yeah, right. I use for, for music wise it's mainly Facebook and SoundCloud right yeah I've, no I've got YouTube as well but I actually don't know how to um, upload stuff to that. <laughs> technical wise I'm an absolute novice like yeah right that's no worries mate I just want to say thank you for coming on it's been a pleasure I yeah. hope you've all enjoyed it um, and a great insight into to your career up until this point yeah I'm sorry I never said much more there's so much more I could have said but being on, I don't know, like being on the spot, I can't think. But once I got the flyers on the uh, album on my phone, it was all coming to my head. But I mean, I'd come again. And, I'd come on again one day and probably say more, more funny stories and stuff. And don't worry, mate. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, I will be getting you on when we sort of come round and we'll we'll do yeah, a full circle and do it again. I just want to say thanks for watching. Um, share with your friends. Um, if you feel like you know anyone who would enjoy this type of thing, share it with them because you never know. You might be talking about it while you're sitting at work or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of people who've said that, oh, sure, we made this and they've, they've, they've really enjoyed it. But, like, there you go. Uh, insight into uh, Gary Kilo slash Gary K's life um, and, and story. Hope you've enjoyed it. Nice one. See you later. Nice one.